awesome. Hey, real quick, I want to point out, uh, we have some special guests with us, some guys from Team Challenge that we're just excited that you guys are here. Why don't you guys stand up real quick? Let's give these guys a round of applause. Awesome. Good to see you guys. Woo! Glad you're here today. Welcome. <clears throat> well, I'm glad everybody got a magazine, and as Pastor Mike just mentioned, listen, don't be reading that right now. Okay, if there's two bad things about being a public speaker, one is following kids anytime, which I'm glad I don't have to do very often, and number two is giving people something really cool to look at while I'm up here trying to talk. So don't be doing that, but man, we are just excited about uh, what this fall semester of Connection Groups mean, and uh, we just know uh, that as the church gets larger, that we must continue to get smaller, if you will. And this is where that happens. These are easy on-ramps in terms of connection groups or ministry teams in the center of that magazine there where you can get connected, man. That is our heart. Well, today we're starting a, a quick two-part series that we're calling, as you just saw in the opener, Life, Money, and Hope. And for the next couple of weeks, we're going to be talking about money. Now, let me just uh, say this because there's a good chance that some of you are already doing the math in terms of our miracle offering next Sunday. And you're probably thinking right now, how coincidental, Matt, that we'd be taking up the miracle offering and the week of and the week before, you're going to preach on money. Really? Maybe, I'll just be honest with you, maybe you, you're not uh, used to coming to church. Maybe this is your first time or you've only been coming to Next Level a couple of times and, and you're going, ah, I see what kind of church this is. Here we go, they're going to manipulate me. Listen, uh, God is my witness. Cross my heart and hope to live. Um, <laughs> we planned these two weeks of talking about finance and money five months ago. That it, it was, it was it, it, at least five months ago that we looked into the September schedule and we said, because October the 3rd we're launching a huge, our huge fall series, and we said those are the two weeks where we, needed, where we need to do that, where we need to talk about money. And guys, I'll be honest with you, as a leadership team, when we realized that, that the miracle offering and these two talks would coincide like they are, we, we asked the question, you know, do we, do we pull these off? Do we take these two money talks off the table and move them somewhere else in the calendar? And, and we actually, we had a pretty big conversation about it just because we didn't want people to feel like we were manipulating them or, you know, whatever. Uh, we just, we understand the whole churches and money, you know, deal. And we just didn't want to do that. But, you know, the reality is the more we talked about it, the more we prayed about it, we said, we, we, have, to, we have to talk about money. And the reason why is because, we're all talking about money. We're all living life. And when it comes to money, the reality is money is a huge deal, isn't it, in our life. And for most of us, it's not life, money, hope. For most of us, it's life, money, hopeless. The, Lee County continues to have one of the highest unemployment rates in the entire United States of America. I just heard a statistic this week that Lee County is the third fastest growing county in terms of people under the poverty line of anywhere in the country. 
And so when we look at the calendar on a spiritual level, as, as, as pastors, as, as people who, who you allow to influence you and speak into your life on a weekly basis, we look at the whole money issue and we go, how can we not talk about it? Because when we look in this book, the Bible, which we believe is the word of God, what we've found is that there are some amazing truths hidden inside the pages of, these, of, this, of this book that have the power to set us free to bring freedom and truth and hope and life in this area of personal finance. But many of us don't know what those are. And so the reason we're doing this over the, this week and next week, the reason we're talking about life, money, and hope is because we think this is an issue that every single one of us have to deal with on a daily basis. So for those of you who are still a little skeptical and think that we're probably just trying to set this whole deal up to manipulate you, I hope that the content of today and next week's message will convince you otherwise. That's all I can say. So that disclaimer out of the way, let's get started. Because what we want to do is we want to talk about the mindsets of money. The mindsets of money. And, and to, to kind of get us started, let's play a game. And, and I don't want you to, to yell anything out, but just in your head, think about this. Here's what I want you to do. I'm going to mention some subgroups, if you will, of people. And when I mention them, I want you to, to think about, be intentional about thinking about what's the first thing that pops in your head. And again, don't yell it out because that just, it just it gets a little out of control. And I had 400 plus student leaders in this room yesterday that I was preaching to and they were really shouting me down and it was like, wow, I'm a little overwhelmed and feeling really old now. So <clears throat> anyway, in your head, ready? Here, let's, let's play the game. What's the first thing that comes into your mind when I say used car dealers? What about the first thing that comes to your head when I say policemen? Um, first thing that comes to your head when I say men? And just to be an equally offensive person, what's the first thing that comes into your head when I say preachers? What about TV preachers? See, here, here's the point. The point is, every single one of us have a mindset or a, or a view, a preconceived idea, a filter, if you will, when it comes to each of those groups of people. So for some of us, uh, that filter has come from, from our past. Some of us, the filter has come from, uh, you know, a, a circumstance. Some of us, uh, the, the, the filter that we have or the mindset we have has come from, you know, the way we grew up, the way we were raised. Some of us, from the culture around us and the messages that the culture bombards us with. That when I say used car salesman, some of us go, oh, I have an uncle who's a used car salesman. He's a great guy. Others of us go, yeah, they're all crooks. They all take advantage of you. When I say police, some of us go, oh, man, they rescued, you know, my son when he was hurt in a deal. And we've got this, this great mindset or view, if you will, of, of police. It, it, others of us go, they're just out to trap me in the speed traps. Uh, when I say men, some of us go, yeah, who are, you know, type of thing. And others of us go, men are scum because we got hurt by a man in our past, maybe. When I say preachers, some of us go, lovely, wonderful. Attractive, handsome, uh, and uh, I don't know why anyone would think any other thought when I, here's, here's the point. Every one of us have a mindset when it comes to those things. And the reality is when we start talking about the money issue, every single one of us have a mindset about money as well. So today and next week, we're going to talk about two mindsets of money. 
And the first one we're going to talk about, the place we're going to start today, is with what I would like to call the debtor mindset. The debtor mindset. The mindset that comes along with debt. Because, see, we're living in a debtor culture. That we as Americans have become all too comfortable with debt. 50 or 60, 70 years ago, that wasn't the case in the United States of America. But today, debt is no longer a four-letter word. Debt is, is now just a part of our everyday language, our everyday vocabulary. To be in debt in the United States of America is to be normal. Listen to some of these statistics. Consumer debt now totals $2.5 trillion. Trillion, with a T, in the United States. That equals $8,100 for every man, woman, and child. The average American household has just under $16,000 of credit card debt. $15,800 per household, per American family, of credit card debt. Listen to this. At present, there are 576 million credit cards in circulation. Over a half a billion credit cards are in circulation in our, in our nation today. We have become a debt, a debtor mindsetted culture. Our government at present is $13.5 trillion in debt. Now watch this. Before we all go all pointing our fingers and getting all political, believe me, this is, what I, this is not a political statement. This, this is a mindset statement. That we are now living in a day and age where debt is acceptable, where debt is okay. And before we start to point our finger at government officials and leaders in Washington and everything else and be all like, raw debt, blah, 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 I think the first thing we have to do, especially if we're Christians, is point the finger at ourselves. See, the Bible makes it clear that a debtor mindset is a big problem. The Bible makes it clear that, that, this, that this way of viewing money, this lens, this filter, the way we view money, this debtor mindset that is prevalent in our culture today is a big problem. L- listen to what Proverbs says. Proverbs chapter 22, verse 7 says it this way. The rich rule over the poor, and the borrower is servant to the lender. Now, another more accurate translation is the word slave. The rich rule over the poor, and the borrower is slave to the lender. See, the Bible makes it clear that this this debtor mindset actually puts us in bondage. In other words, it is possible for us to have a mindset concerning finance. Watch this. This is huge. That makes us a slave. It makes us a slave first to, to those people or organizations or companies that we're actually indebted to. 
Like, have you ever felt the, the, the struggle or the pain of not being able to pay your mortgage or, or, you know, not being able to pay the electric bill or maybe you've got a credit card bill that it's coming at the end of the month and you're just like, mm, I don't know what I'm going to do. Okay, there's nothing like that bondage, is there? I mean, there's nothing like the internal turmoil that goes on in our heart and in our mind. It's, it's, it's slavery. It's bondage, isn't it? But see, watch this. Not only does the debtor mindset make us enslaved to Visa and MasterCard, but it also, the debtor mindset also brings with it a whole bunch of things. See, people who have a debtor mindset struggle with low self-esteem. Because there's nothing like boatloads of debt in our life making us feel worth less. The debtor mindset brings with it a lack of motivation. You hear stories and testimonies of people who say, you know, I'm just so far behind, I'm just so in debt, I'm just, it's so overwhelming that I don't even want to get up in the morning. That I go and I get the mail and there's all those envelopes and I know they're full of bills from debt collectors or the phone will ring and I don't want to answer it because I just, I just, I don't have any motivation because I just know it's all bad news. That springs from the debtor or slave mindset. A debtor mindset brings with it envy. And we start looking around at other people maybe who aren't struggling like we are. And we start to go, man, why do they have it so easy? I wish I had, I wish I had their life. It, the debtor mindset brings guilt. We start looking at the mess we've made financially and we go, if I was a better Christian, if I was a better person, if I was just better with my money, I wouldn't be in this mess. The debtor mindset brings a fatalistic viewpoint. Then we start to look around and we, then we start to think thoughts like, I'm never going to get out of this hole. It, it brings greed. And we think, man, I just, I, I, I'm just, this whole debt thing is just on top of me. And so I, got, I need more. That's what I need. My answer is more, more and more and more and more. It brings a scarcity mentality. See, when we have a debtor mindset, we start looking at the world around going, i got to protect what's mine because there's not enough. It's, everything is scarce, and i got to protect what's mine. The debtor mindset brings self-pity. We start looking inward and we start going, man, I just, I, I'm hopeless. Life, money, hopeless. The debtor mindset brings frustration and we just start to get downright angry. Because we look on and we go, I can't figure this out. The debtor mindset ultimately leads us to sin. Because all of a sudden, this debtor mindset has control. And it will drive us in a destructive direction. If we don't deal with it. See, the mindset that we take toward money affects everything. And here's what I want us to understand. The debtor mindset shapes our perspective on everything. Watch this. Including God. The debtor mindset in our life shapes our perspective on everything, including God. Now watch this. The sad reality is that the vast majority of Americans, based on the statistics we just read a few minutes ago, have a debtor or slave mindset. And because they have a debtor or slave mindset, watch this, I believe they have a debtor or slave mindset toward God. That our view of money, I believe, is directly parallel to our view of God. 
See, throughout Scripture, there's this, there's this slave versus son or, or sonship illustration. Like in the Old Testament, when, when God's people, the children of Israel, were in Egypt, they were under bondage. They were enslaved for, for several hundred years. And they were slaves, and they were slaves, and they were slaves. And then God sent Moses, remember Charlton Heston, the whole deal? God sent Moses, delivered them out. And when they get on the other side, God gives the Ten Commandments. And what were the Ten Commandments? The Ten Commandments were basically like the first ten family rules. And he said, you're no longer slaves. You're no longer under a slave or debtor mindset. You are now sons and daughters of God. You're my people. You're my children. When you zoom ahead to the New Testament, you see the same language used in terms of sin. That sin creates this slave mindset, this debtor mindset in us. But when Jesus came and we receive him as our Savior, he sets us free from the law of sin and death, from a slave or debtor mindset, and puts us into a sonship or daughtership sort of family relationship with God. So what? This is crazy. What if it's true that our view of money is directly parallel to our view of God? That means that we're now living in a culture where there's, what, 300 plus million people who have a, have a slave view of God. Watch, here's some parallels. A slave views a master with fear because a slave never knows where he stands with his master, but a son views the father with freedom because he understands that dad doesn't want anything from me. He just loves me. A slave views a master with suspicion and, and has to hide things. A slave says, I don't, I don't want the, the master to know what's going on in my life because it could end up costing me. A son views the father with openness. Because he says, I, I have nothing to hide because it all belongs to my father. Anyway, a slave is skeptical toward the master. And a slave says, I, I bet you he's just going to take more and more and more and want and want and want more and more and more and exact more and more and more of a price from me. But a son trusts the father. A son knows that his father has nothing but good intentions for him. A, a slave only will do what is necessary. He's always trying to skirt around the edges and do the minimum for the master. But a son will go above and beyond. Why? Because again, he knows it all belongs to the father anyway. A slave hoards and holds things closely. He's, he's not about to give anything away because he's got to keep as much for himself as he possibly can. But a son is generous because he knows it all belongs in the family. It all belongs to the father. A slave has a victim mentality. And he thinks, I'm the only one who's going to do all the work and get none of the benefit. And at the end, I'm going to end up with the short end of this stick when it's all said and done. But a, save a, a, a son recognizes how precious and valued and favored and highly esteemed he is in the Father's eyes. So watch this. What's this got to do with you and I? Well, as I just read those two parallel lists, in terms of mindsets and views of how we view God, which one was more like you? Which one did you resonate with? Fear, suspicion, 
skepticism, only doing what's necessary, skirting around the edges, hoarding, holding your cards close to your chest, a victim mentality? Or were you more on the freedom side and the openness side and the trusting of God side, the, the above and beyond and lavishness toward God, generous and precious in his sight? Which one feels more like you? Because that will tell you your view, your mindset Not only on God, but watch this, if it's true that they're parallel, your viewer mindset on money. This is why, this is why, when churches like this start talking about money, some of us get uncomfortable. This is why. Because we have a slave or a debtor mindset. This is why. This is why some people have left our church in the last six or eight months, as soon as we came out of the water with the whole building thing and the deal and the miracle offering and the thing and the receiving and the above and beyond. And this is why. This is why. Because, and it's not a bad thing. It's not, I'm not, there's no condemnation here. It's just truth. The vast majority of Americans are living with a slave or a debtor mindset where we think God's just out to get me and he just wants my money and he just wants more and more and more and more. And more. That's, a, that's a slave mindset. That's a debtor mindset. So which one sounds more like us? The slave mindset, the debtor mindset, or the son mindset, the freedom mindset. And let me say this. When it comes to this whole debtor mindset thing, we have to understand that more money is not the answer to a mindset problem. Because some of us are thinking, well, sure, Matt. Easy for you to say. But if I just had more money, then, if I, if I just, then I wouldn't, I wouldn't be this way. I wouldn't feel, I wouldn't have to feel like I have to hold everything close to my chest. I wouldn't feel like I have to, no, 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 listen. More money is never the answer to a mindset problem. If somebody walked up to you today and gave you a check for $5 million, it would not solve your victim, slave, debtor mindset problem. It might mask it for a really long time. But it won't solve it. It'll still be there. Generosity is, is not a characteristic of people who have money to give. Generosity comes from a freedom mindset about money. Some of the most generous people you'll ever meet are poor. Some of you who do, do work with us downtown, you know. Those people, many of them, they don't, they don't have a ton of money, and yet you talk to them, and they just have this generous spirit. You go to a third world country, and you'll meet people who, who, when they know that the white people are coming to their house, they will spend all afternoon sweeping their dirt floor to make it look nice for you. The see, generosity is not, well, I want to be more generous. When I, have, when I have more money, I'll be more generous. Wrong. We got to change our mindset about this stuff, guys. Why? Because a debtor mindset brings with it all of that bondage, all of that slavery, and it directly affects our relationship with God. I believe that some of us are bound up in sin habits or addictive habits precisely because we have a, a debtor mindset toward money. I think it's that big of a deal. The problem is not with our wallets. The problem is with our head. So what do we do? Well, point five, if you're tracking along in your notes. Jesus wants us to break free from a debtor mindset. 
Jesus understands, God understands, that this debtor mindset, this slave mindset toward money affects every other area of our life, including our view and relationship with God. And Jesus wants us to be free. So how do we do that? Well, two ways, two ways to be free. Number one, we gotta break free spiritually. We gotta break free spiritually. Plain and simple, God wants us to be free and we can't underestimate how much this debtor or slave mindset concerning money in our life is a deeply spiritual issue. Don't miss this. Again, this is not about, well, I just need a, a, a bigger a paycheck. I just need a, a raise. If my boss would just quit being so lame and give me the raise I deserve, then I would, no, 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 no. It's not about money. It's about a mindset. We need to be broken, free. For some of us, it's generational. Your parents or your grandparents had a debtor mindset. And now you, as the son or daughter, have a debtor mindset as well. And, and be careful, you're passing it on to your children or grandchildren. For some of us, it's generational. We need to break that generational curse off of us. We need to break that debtor mindset off of us. It's a spiritual issue. For some of us, it's cultural. You've never known McDonald's without billions and billions served, and you've never known the United States government without trillions and trillions of debt. But listen to this. Just because it's American doesn't mean it's scriptural. We live in a debtor mindset culture. This culture is working against us, and it's not going to get any better. Again, not a political statement. Sure, we live in a debtor mindset world. Well, guess what? The Bible says we're supposed to be in the world, not of the world. When, when do we as Christians take our, our cues from culture? When do we let the United States government determine how we and our house are going to live? Joshua said it this way in Joshua 24, 15. It's not on the screen because I'm just quoting it right now because I'm preaching. <laughs> as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I don't know what everybody else in the culture is doing, but as for me and my house, we're going to break the debtor mindset thing right now. Because it's holding us captive. It's holding us bound. We are slaves in our head. For some of us, it's personal. Plain and simple, we like our stuff. We like our car. And we like how we think people view us in our and with our stuff. And it's time for that to stop. It's a mindset that's holding us captive and it's keeping us from having our relationship with God be everything that it can be. For some of us, it's ignorance. We just don't know. We've never been taught this stuff. Heaven knows they don't teach this in school. Many of us were never taught this in our families. Well, good news. You just got it taught. And now it's our chance to do something about it. we got to break this debtor mindset that's holding our culture and holding us individually bound. We're slaves when we're called to be sons and daughters. For some of us, it's negligence. Plain and simple, we just don't want to think about it. Plain and simple, we just look on and we go, you know what, I don't want to have to care that much or work that hard. Well, guess what? The Bible has a word for that. Laziness. And last time I checked, wow, I've got some attitude going on. My apologies. 
Last time I checked, the Bible calls laziness a sin. In fact, it says this, he who doesn't work doesn't eat. So let me get this straight. God has blessed you, amazingly blessed you in the realm of finance. Well, yeah, man, but you don't understand. I don't have a lot of money. I don't know. No, 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 no. If you make more than $2 a day, then you are way at the top end of the richest people in the world. We're blessed. We just don't want to work that hard. We just don't want to care that much. It's negligence. It's laziness. We've got to break that off. Guys, this is a deeply spiritual issue. And some of us, you know, I'm, you know I'm talking to you. God's talking to you. That you have lived under the bondage of slavery, of a debtor mindset, your entire life. And you've grown up with it in your culture. Maybe you've grown up with it in your family. And Jesus says, I want to set you free. John chapter 8, verse 32. Jesus is talking. He says, whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Verse 36. So if the Son sets you free, you'll be free indeed. What does that mean? It means that there's freedom available to us today. If we'll step into it, if we'll walk in it. Do you want to be free? Do you want to be free from a debtor mindset? Do you want to be free from from a slave mentality when it comes to things of, of this earth, when it comes to our possessions, when it comes to finance? I don't know about you. Listen, I don't want to live as a slave when God says I can live as a son. So here's what we're going to do right now. We're going to pray. We're going to pray. And if that is you, you you are being held in bondage under this debtor mindset. We're going to pray for you right now. Can you all across the room, let's just bow our heads. All across this room. Nobody, this is just a sacred moment. And listen, finance can be a very personal thing. So please help me here. Nobody moving around. Just, Just bow your heads just for a moment because Jesus wants to set people free right now. Man, if you're here today and you've been held captive under a debtor mindset, there's freedom and it's coming your way. All you got to do is just reach out and take it and break the generational curse, break the negligence, break the laziness, break the ignorance, break the cultural norm that we just keep thinking is okay and be free. If that's you, will you just put your hand up right now? Keep it up. Keep it up. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Wow, keep it up. Come on. Anybody else, you just put your hand up. I'm about to pray. You want to be free from a debtor mindset that has held you bound. You have been a slave to this thing. Father, right now, in Jesus' name, there's so many who are listening right now. Maybe they're watching online or maybe they're listening in their car, at the gym, Lord. There are so many seated right here who, who have lifted their hand to say, we, God, we are victims Some of us, not of our choosing, some of us of our own choosing to a debtor mindset. But Father, right now, we pray in Jesus' name that you would break this mindset off of us, God. We want to be free of it, Lord. We acknowledge it. We confess it. Lord, we just, by lifting our hands right now, we just say, God, that's me, Lord. I've been bound up in a debtor's mindset, in a slave mentality, and I don't want to live that way anymore when it comes to my finances. I don't want to live that way anymore when it comes to my relationship with you, God. I want to be the son or daughter of God that you called me to be. And I want to, I want to function in this relationship with you the way you've called me to. So, Father, right now, I pray across this room that freedom from a debtor mindset would come. 
we break that thing. We break generational curses. We break it, Lord. Because God, we don't want to pass on this type of mindset to the next generation, Lord. We want to pass on a freedom mindset. So God, right now we thank you for what you're doing. How you're breaking us free from this debtor mindset that's held us bound. In Jesus' name, amen. I mean, you can put your hands down. Okay, so the first way we deal with this debtor mindset is spiritually, and that's what we just did. And if you missed it, come back to second service. But the second thing is practical. Will you guys give me two more minutes? Listen, I, I, I never, you know me, it's, if, it, if it ain't practical, it ain't in there. So here's, here's the deal. Um, Breaking this debtor mindset, what does this mean in terms of our everyday life and finance? Okay, what, is it, what does this look like? Here's, here's what it looks like. Um, we got we to gotta do some practical things. Uh, around here, we are humongous Dave Ramsey fans. This is his book, Total Money Makeover. If you don't know Dave Ramsey, you got to get to know him. If you don't own this book, you got to own this book. We have a bunch of them back at the resource table. They're $20 back there, uh, which this sells on the stands for 25 So, again, there's no get-rich thing going on here, I promise. Uh, so, anyway, we just want you to have this. Guys, listen, he lays out in here everything you need to know on a practical level to break free. Get this book. Guys, listen, I, listen, I download his podcast. You can get like an hour, like three times a week of his daily radio call-in show free on iTunes. And I subscribe to it. And more times than not, probably more than anything else I listen to when I'm working out on, with my iPod, I listen to Dave Ramsey and all these people just calling in because I don't know the stuff. No, but because I just, I know my tendency and I know that culture is just beating us down and I just have to keep thinking right about money. So make sure you get, make sure you get that book. It's just awesome. I just, I live in it. That's my second copy. I mean, it's just, it's awesome. Practically, here's, here's the deal. Galatians 5 verse 1 says it this way. Read this with me. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. That's what we just did. We just broke free. We broke that thing off of us. Stand firm then, he says, and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. In other words, don't go back to the mindset. How do we do that? few simple things from Dave's book. I'll just give you these again because if it's not practical, it doesn't work for me. Here you go. Number one, Dave says, and I love this, save $1,000 cash. Fast. As fast as you can, save $1,000. Why? Because now you become your own emergency fund. Now when the, when the flat tire happens and it's going to be $119 to replace a tire, now you don't have to borrow it from Visa and go further in debt. Debtor's my mindset. Instead, you borrow it from yourself and then just quickly pay yourself it back as fast as you can. I can't tell you the freedom you will begin to feel if you will just get $1,000 in your savings account. You would be blown away at how many people don't even, don't even, can't even get to $1,000 cash fast if they needed to. You will feel so much victory and freedom just by doing that, just, just by getting a thousand, saving $1,000. Well, I, that's impossible, Matt. You don't know my job. No, no, no. It's not impossible. It's not impossible. What, what can you sell? eBay. Baby. <laughs> j- j- How bad do you want it? Do you want to be free? Because we can live a, a lifetime of excuses, can't we? We live in an amazing culture that gives us the ability to make as many excuses for ourselves for as long as we want. And we can live in debt. And we can live under a debtor's, and we'll, we'll be slaves. I'm t- you can get a thousand, have a garage sale, sell stuff, do whatever you have to do 
I'm thinking about selling my cat. Mm. That's good. I was going to give her away and give money with her. Now I think I'll sell her. <laughs> nice. Number two. Everybody say number two. You can actually talk in this part. Here you go. Number two, get some small wins. Dave Ramsey calls it the debt snowball. And again, this is all in the book. I'm just throwing it out because it's fun. I love teaching this stuff, by the way. Get some small wins. Here's what he says. Put all of your debts in a row and just line them up. And you're like, oh, man, that would be the worst day ever. Great. Then make that the worst day ever. Do it. Because otherwise you're living in denial. And you're a slave. So get them all in a row. This is what we owe the car on the car. This is what we owe on the house. This is what we owe to Visa. This is what we owe to JCPenney. This is what we owe to Macy's. This is what we owe to the college t- t- tuition that we haven't paid off yet. This is what we just get them in a row. And then he says, take the smallest one, regardless of the interest rate, get the smallest one and pay it off first. Yeah, but what about the interest? And it's $30 if I do this one. Nah, nah, nah. You ain't been thinking for a long, long time. Don't start thinking about it now. <laughs> Pay off the smallest one, then you roll that in the next month to the next biggest, and then when those are paid off, then you roll all of that money into the next biggest, and then when that one's paid off, and then and all of a sudden, before you know it, the thing is snowballing on itself, and you get some small wins. That's, that's the way you do it. That's just, it's the way you do it. Number three, get accountable. Listen, you can't do this alone. You know what got you into the place of debt that you're in right now? Trying to think you could do it all by yourself. Rich people talk about money with their friends all the time. They're always talking about money. And not because they're like, ooh, I got more money than you. No, 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 no. It's just part of their vocabulary. It's just part of what they do. They don't fear the whole, oh, I don't want to talk about money with anybody. Oh, my goodness. What if they know? What if they don't? What if? What if? Shut up. What if you're in debt? <laughs> do you want to be a slave or do you want to be free? Get accountable, man. Get out your magazine. <laughs> Show up on the first night of the group and be like, hey, everybody, I'm $58,000 in debt. My name's Matt. What's up? What's up? What's up? What's up? <laughs> See what people do. <laughs> Listen, you can't do it alone. We, we just can't, man. We just can't do this thing alone. And money's too big of an issue. And being a slave is too big of an issue to try and just, well, I'll just figure it out myself. Well, there's a good chance you won't. Number four, stay focused. Stay, I told you this is practical. Stay focused. Listen, anything good in life costs us something and takes time. What price do we want to pay to be free? Because yes, there's a spiritual component to it. And yes, there's power in that. And we need to figure out what that is. And we need to break it in the spirit realm, which is what we just did. But there's a practical side. How, how much are you willing to sacrifice? Dave says it this way. Are you willing to live like no one else now so you can live like no one else later? What price are we willing to pay to be free? Are we willing to go without? Are we willing to go without eating out for eight months? so that we can pay these things off, so we can get free in the practical side? Listen, it took you a long time to get where you are presently. It's going to take you a while to get out. But again, the culture around us says, well, it should be fast, it should be fast. Well, well, listen, if it can't be done, you know, like in 36, you know, days, we're like, oh, it's too hard. It's not too hard. Living your entire life as a slave is hard. If you'll live like no one else now, you can live like no one else later. Guys, listen, my heart as a pastor is this. I want you to be free. 
there's life, there's life, there's freedom, there's generosity, there's, there's, there's hope. And you're no longer living under a debtor mindset, but you're living under a freedom mindset, which is what we're going to talk about next Sunday. People with a freedom mindset behave a certain way. And we're going to tell you what the way, those ways are that free people live their life. Sound good? Great. Well, again, this is practical, so there's not this great big, all right, now, let's all pray. It's kind of like, yeah, that's the end of my notes. <laughs> so here's, here's And <laughs> that'd be awesome, wouldn't it? I'm not going to do that. We're going to do a little bit more of a spiritual transition because it's just right, people, because it's just right. Come on, let's pray. Father, thank you that your word is not only about deep theological issues and philosophical things and mindset things like the debtor mindset and the freedom mindset, God, which we love to explore. But God, thank you that your word is about where we live every day and it's about practical things. And God, thank you that today people are getting free. God, today people are turning a corner with their money and that is gonna lead them into just long-term life change. And Lord, we just love that. So God, I just celebrate today what you're doing and what you have done. I celebrate the freedom that you have given us to live, not as slaves or servants any longer, but as sons and daughters of God. So Father, today we rejoice and we say thank you, God, for life money, and hope. In Jesus' name and all across this room, everybody sit. Amen. Amen.